Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano, Dr. Sky, coming up in just two minutes. So if you have questions about space, you can go ahead and start queuing up at 1-800-848-WABC. That's 1-800-848-9222. For the last couple of days, we've been telling you about this straw donor scheme that has resulted in the indictment of six people. One of those people is former NYPD inspector Dwayne Montgomery, who was charged last Friday, along with five others, for his role in helping organize the delivery of these straw donations, meaning they claimed people were making campaign contributions to Adams' 2021 mayoral campaign when they actually weren't. The motive being to get more money from the city and enhance their standing with Eric Adams because these people were looking to do business with the city and get favorable treatment from Eric Adams. Now, we knew that Dwayne Montgomery has a longtime relationship with Adams going all the way back to their time as police officers together. What we did not know on Friday is that Adams and some great reporting from Michael Gartland of the New York Daily News on this. Adams has been receiving campaign contributions from Dwayne Montgomery, who was the ringleader of this whole thing, since at least 2005 much earlier than has been previously reported. That's according to records from the campaign finance board. As I've said a hundred times, Eric Adams is not implicated in doing anything wrong here. This could have been any candidate that was likely to be the next mayor. They would have probably looked to do business with them and probably looked to run the same straw donor scheme. The difference is Dwayne Montgomery knows Eric Adams and has a history of contributing to him. And because of what Montgomery did here, we have no idea if Montgomery cheated and used Use straw donations in any of Adams' previous runs for Brooklyn Borough President or even for State Senate. So what I am calling on the mayor to do is return every dime that Dwayne Montgomery has ever contributed to him or ever raised for him and return it pronto to avoid any appearance of impropriety and to send a message to the public that he takes allegations like this very seriously. I tweeted about that, so if you think it's a good idea, you could find me on Twitter at Frank Morano and go ahead and retweet that. I'm hoping to get some momentum for this idea. Otherwise, if the mayor won't, and the mayor's got plenty of money in his campaign war chest, I think you have to ask the question, why? Beam me up! To be continued. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morning. 
Hello, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Assemblymember Clyde Vanell, Democrat of Queens, has made history. He has become, as far as anyone knows, the first state legislator in New York history and possibly the first state legislator anywhere in the country to introduce a bill written by AI. You know how much we've been following AI and chat GPT on this program. I think this is interesting, and I'm wondering if this is going to be the future of lawmaking. And the question a lot of people are asking is, if an artificial intelligence program conceives of and writes a piece of legislation, can an elected official really take credit for it as a sponsor? It's just one of the many questions that is springing to mind for Assemblymember Clyde Vanell. He and his staff asked AutoGPT to devise a piece of legislation based on current gaps in state law. AutoGPT is an AI application that uses the same technology as ChatGPT, but it can execute more advanced tasks. And so Assembly Bill 6896 was born, and it comes with a likely first-of-its-kind AI disclosure crediting the AI program for researching and drafting the proposed law before being reviewed and refined by humans. The bill is fairly straightforward. It would require that renters be provided with a copy of their lease agreement when they submit a written request for it to their landlord. The assembly member isn't sure how the application arrived at that idea, whether it came from looking at what kind of laws other states had on the books or something else, but he agrees with its intent, and quite frankly, so do I. So he's formally introduced it in the state legislature and the state Senate has not yet considered a version of the bill. I'm not sure how I feel about this in all candor. I know that a lot of people view AI sort of like a calculator as a tool, not a replacement. But I wonder about who's programming these algorithms, who's programming the software that enables the AI. And if they have a certain agenda, and we've already seen some examples of political bias when it comes to chat GPT, if they have a certain agenda, is that going to result in legislation being submitted not because that's in the best interest of the public or even what our elected officials want, but because it's some sort of an agenda that the owners of this software may have. I don't know the answer to that, but I'm intrigued to see what happens with this. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. For literally years, I have been discussing the boondoggle that is the property tax giveaway to the Dolans and Madison Square Garden. Decades ago, when New York City was in very dire straits and we were desperate for businesses to stay, I guess maybe it might have made sense to allow the Dolans and the owners of Madison Square Garden not to pay any taxes. But in a day and age where if you have a one-family house in the city of New York, it is not unusual for you to be paying over $10,000 in property taxes. You have to ask yourself the question, why are the Dolans getting away with paying zero? That's right. If you paid a dollar in property taxes last year, you paid significantly more than the Dolans did. And I think part of it has to do with the amount of money the Dolans have contributed to the politicians that write the budget and make the laws, including Governor Hochul, who they also raised a great deal of money for. Madison Square Garden's sweetheart deal to avoid paying property taxes has apparently cost New York City nearly $1 billion 
dollars over 40 years and flies in the face of the logic of economic development. That is according to a scathing new report that came out yesterday by the Independent Budget Office. I am glad to see the IBO, who has a pretty good reputation, come out with this report because New Yorkers ought to know that they are subsidizing these people and that this is costing us a lot of money and we are not getting that money back in economic development dollars. If you look at the city's own stated goals when it comes to economic development, they say they're choosing to offer development incentives only to projects in upper Manhattan and the outer boroughs. This certainly would not apply. But the awful part about this and the reason that the Dolan family has contributed so much money to Kathy Hochul is that the city has no say in this tax break. It is controlled by the state, an arrangement which is itself a big cause for concern since you would think best practices call for tax incentives to be controlled by the level of government most affected by them. So think about how crazy this is. The state comes in and says that the city is going to lose a billion dollars in tax revenue and the city has no say whatsoever in altering that decision. This is just awful. And I hope Albany does something about this boondoggle that Madison Square Garden has been enjoying since 1982. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. On Thursday, a story many of you may have missed because of the lack of local media in New Jersey, which is why I'm highlighting this. Governor Phil Murphy signed a bill to save New Jersey's first offshore wind farm from financial uncertainty. The governor held an event in Polesboro and signed the offshore wind legislation along with two other economic development bills, including one with tax credits for the film industry to emphasize a narrative about the 21st century economy that he's had since taking office. The offshore wind law will allow the energy company Orsted to keep hundreds of millions of dollars in federal tax incentives that the company otherwise would be required to pass along to state utility customers. Without the deal, the company and the Murphy administration said the wind farm would not be built. In exchange for the relief, Orsted agreed and now by law will be obligated to spend $200 million at the Paulsboro port where Murphy signed the bill. Now, I don't know much about the condition of the Paulsboro port. I'm sure it can use a bit of a facelift, and I'm sure they'll spend that $200 million wisely. I have some real concerns about offshore wind energy. I don't know whether the offshore wind farms are causing the deaths of all these whales and dolphins, but I think it's a possibility. And until this is thoroughly researched, I don't think we should be moving forward with this. Additionally, what this does to the damage of the of the coastline in terms of views and in terms of nature, I think is a, a real shame. Now, I'm not anti-renewable energy. I think climate change is very real and a real problem that we should all address. And it's one of the reasons I think nuclear energy ought to be part of that solution. However, I do have to wonder when we have the state government stepping in to help the federal government give hundreds of millions of dollars to a private entity that would have otherwise gone to the ratepayers 
Is that the best use of state government? Should government be picking winners and losers like this? If wind energy is so great, let them do it without these state and federal subsidies. This is not wise public policy. To have the state and federal taxpayers giving money to private corporations so that these private corporations can make even more money. I don't like it. It's corporate welfare for a technology that I think the jury is still very much out on. Beam me up! To be continued. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.